Well, it's good to be back. Jim Watkins filling in for the Renaissance man, Robert Dobby. How are you? Hope you had a nice weekend. Hope you had a nice Father's Day. I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a dad. I have three kids and a grand granddaughter. And they are, I, I've come to the, I did a lot of soul searching yesterday. Uh, I, I, I am a kind of person where I always like to do things for other people when I can. Not too much, but, you know, I like to help people. I like to help people when the opportunity presents itself. And I'm always trying to help my kids. If you're a dad, you know that feeling that's, you know, it's it's instinctive. You can't get away from it. You want to do something. Even, you know, your kid, uh, when they bump their knee, you, you want to make them feel better, right? You want, you want the boo-boo to go away. Anyway, so I spent all day worried more about what other people wanted to do than what I wanted to do because the truth is I don't care what I do as long as I'm doing things with other people and having fun and so it was a good day it was a great day it really was a great day and I um, I just really enjoyed it I I, for, I I think when you get older you you appreciate things like you didn't appreciate them when they were younger They're, and the greatest gift of any father which I've learned is to have children not not wildly successful not superstar i mean it's always nice when you have a kid who pitches for the dodgers or something like that but as long as they're safe and as long as they're happy and as long as they're doing what they're doing you know last week i had a friend uh but known for some 20 years and he was into skydiving he was a pilot very successful man name is sean and about my age we worked together eons ago back in the 80s at the same radio station but we sort of kept in touch over the years and i was shocked to find out that last friday and he was a father of three uh, living in central california and he had died his uh he lost control of his skydiving equipment uh paragliding actually and he uh it was in ventura california and he went down too fast and that was the end and it took me a few hours. Things like that hit me. I'm sure they hit you the same way. But, the point, you know, he died doing something that he loved. And he had a history of being sort of an adventurous spirit. And you wonder sometimes, it's like, what's the choice? Do you go through life being safe? And are you happy being safe? Uh, does it keep you from, you know, today we celebrate Emancipation Day, freedom. Freedom versus safety. Because at the, on the one hand, I was angry at the man because he was doing something. He's a 58-year-old man. What are you doing out there doing something risky that could hurt you? And then what happens? Your, your wife is there. She's alone. She's got three kids now that she's on her own. She's got to pick up where, where you're not there anymore. And, I, and there was a part of me that was angry at this man uh, because I knew him. Because I said, oh, just, you know, anything could happen to any one of us. We could get hit by a bus, whatever, right? And so at the end of the day, I, I contemplated it, and I just said, you know, he was doing what he wanted to do. And I, and when I look today, when I think about all the people that are celebrating Juneteenth, which really should be called Emancipation Day so that people say it, say emancipation. It has great meanings, emancipation. But a lot of people aren't free, are they? They're trapped they're economically trapped or they're medically trapped because there's a medical industry that cares more about treatment than cure. Uh, there is a, a 
series of governments that constantly try to fix things and make things better, and it ends up being worse. So while we have freedom, what is it that we want to do with that freedom? So yes, we celebrate freedom for the African-American in the West. It, it was a flame that burned during the late part of the 1860s. And also, uh, you know, people don't mention this often, but human labor had a high value until machines came along. And we're experiencing the same thing today, by the way. Uh, they've been warning us for years that as automation and AI uh, start to replace people, people are not going to be able to find the jobs that you and I were able to find 10, 20 years ago. Everything will be automated. And so in a sense, we've, we've become free only to become enslaved by many facets of modernity. And one of the things that we've been come enslaved to is fear. Fear that if we don't have the government protect us, that something's going to go horribly wrong when the opposite is true. So we celebrate the day of emancipation. But you know what's happening also today? The federal government is going to go out and find 20 million children. And through an executive order, an emergency order, no less, they are going to stick a needle into your child's arm and give them an experimental drug that they don't need. And they will be enslaved to the side effects and the drugs that they may have to take for years and years and years. Now, mind you, the CDC and the FDA have approved this drug that comes from Pfizer. It'll be a three-drug regimen. And you'll have the regular two shots and then the booster, and then maybe a booster annually. And then after a while, you're going to start hearing these stories coming up through the media of children that are suddenly having heart attacks on playgrounds. Or you'll start hearing about a rise in shingles among children or 13-year-old girls menstruating for no good reason. You know, all the usual side effects that are associated with experimental drugs. And they won't be free. And they are not free. So instead of looking back to 1865 and reminding ourselves of the, 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 the horrible idea of slavery, which is, remains today horrible. We should, all, we should all collectively be horrified by the fact that human beings at one time in our recent history thought it was okay to enslave other people. But you know, a lot of those people that enslaved thought that they were doing a, a good thing because they didn't think that the African American at that time could fend for themselves. So many people hesitated to have total emancipation because I thought, well, what are they going to do? You remember the movie Lincoln that Steven Spielberg? I think that may have been taken. It was uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin who wrote the book by which the movie is made. And there's a line where Lincoln has a dialogue with a woman and says, you know, there are some who say that you won't be able to handle freedom. What are you going to do when you get it? And the lady said something like, it doesn't matter. It's our problem. It's not your problem. But today, again, as we celebrate and honor, I don't know if we would honor, but we congratulate the fact that humanity finally got over slavery, there is still slavery. There's still slavery in the world. It's just, 
in a lot of different forms. So I just wanted to share that with you because I, I am upset, obviously, that we are about to enter a new era in America where we're willing to sacrifice our children uh, for profit and we are sacrificing them not only in the... Uh, let me prove my point. Do you know that yesterday there were only 30 people in the United States that died of COVID-related illness? 30 people. Only three states reported cases on Father's Day. Now, there were a lot of people together. And maybe those numbers will go up a little bit. But how can the, FC, uh, the FDA and the CDC declare emergency use authorization for a vaccine for young children as young as six months old when there were only 30 deaths in the United States from COVID yesterday? Only three states reported cases, Arkansas, New York, and I think Texas. So where's the emergency? Somebody tell me that before we start jabbing our children. And I'm not anti-vax. If you're 65 or older, or if you're obese and you're susceptible and you know you have a weak immune system, well, you'd be kind of stupid not to get a vaccine jab probably because, you know, on the other hand, only you know that and only you can make that decision. And that's what freedom is all about. Freedom is about safety versus freedom, isn't it? So we'll take a quick break. There's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. A lot of stuff to talk about today. My website is thejimwatkinshow.online if you'd like to follow me, my articles, and my podcast. And, of course, I'm honored always to be filling in for the Renaissance man, Robert Davi, as we continue. And uh, I think we have a little bit of time. We're going to play that interchange between Fauci and uh, Senator Rand Paul when we come back. You have to hear it. It's, a, it's an interesting interchange about this whole vaccine issue, and it's important because it has to do with our children. Robert Davi. You know, I'm the one delivering the message, not receiving it. So there's a new report today about the January 6th event, the what they, the people on the left are calling a insurrection, and we just call a good old-fashioned riot. So you know about embeds, right? Embeds are people, they're usually law enforcement. I'll give you a good example. Governor Whitmer, you remember last year, there was a plot to kidnap the governor and it turns out that the people that were involved in it were actually FBI plants implants embeds and the they were the ones that came up with the idea they, they somehow meshed with some other people that were sort of uh, was it the proud I don't know if it was the proud boys or what anyway it turns out the whole thing was bogus because the FBI were the ones that were leading on the people to do the crime and uh, this isn't the first time that I've heard that uh, the word entrapment. I've met a lot of people over the years that spent time in prison. Uh, now, nobody's innocent, right? But you always hear these stories. Well, you know, I didn't know. The guy just came up to me, started asking me questions. I didn't know. Next thing you know, I've got handcuffs on. You know, you hear those stories from time to time from your less than intelligent associates. Anyway, so uh, in this particular case, there were roughly 2,000 people, I guess it was roughly 2,000 people at any one moment that had stormed the Capitol building on January 6th. And what was also going on at that time were these, these rallies down at the other end of downtown Washington. Uh, and so a lot of these people came over after the rally. And, and I've always suspected 
that everything in that whole day was a little bit too well orchestrated to me because you clearly saw pictures of law enforcement moving barricades. You clearly saw law enforcement inside the Capitol opening the doors. In some cases, they were standing around, and I and I don't forget things. I, I don't know. Maybe the media thinks you'll forget them. I don't think you will either. But so now there's a story coming out today from the Epoch Times, which is one of the few news online news journals that I actually respect. I know the owner, and I know his story. He's a former escapee from communist China. So you know he's not a leftist. Anyway, so it reads, while there are growing speculation that federal agents and Capitol Police were involved in instigating acts of violence during the January 6, 2021 protest and recording responses for the purpose of entrapment, evidence now proves that plainclothes members, which would mean people that were dressed up like the other activists, were members of a special electronic service surveillance unit, otherwise known as ESU, and they were embedded among the protesters for the purpose of conducting video surveillance. But evidence points to a day when security deficiencies and police provocation for the purpose of entrapment. Now, that's all I need to know. There were at least 28 platoons involved. That, that, that's more than one. There could have been up to 4,000 law enforcement embedded in the group, egging them on, handing them, literally handing them devices that they could use to break windows, smoke bombs, smoke grenades. These were, these are, this is all documented. You can find this on the Epoch Times. It just came out like a little bit before noon on Monday. It's verified because it comes from the police's own videos. According to the Department of Justice website, a CDU is composed of law enforcement officers who are trained to respond to protest demonstrations and civil disturbances for the purpose of preventing violence. The objective of the MPD was to the MPT. These are the people that were supposedly involved in this particular demonstration was to, quote, assist with the safe execution of any First Amendment demonstration and ensure the safety of participants, public and the officers. However, there are speculation that federal agents and Capitol Police were involved in instigating acts of violence during the protest for the purpose of entrapment. Red State reported on October 2021, quote, multiple surveillance videos show masked men opening up the doors to the U.S. Capitol building to allow protests to enter. In fact, one video shows them entering while Capitol Police officers simply stood around. Yet we have no idea who they are. The covert cadre of provocateurs that writes, December, an episode of Tucker Carlson showed the sedition hunters. These were men that were unidentified, known as the red-faced 45. Men dressed in red from head to toe, even with faces painted red. These are embeds appear to be in video engaging in continuous dialogue with uninformed or un, ununiformed personnel and others. Quote, he passed out weapons, sledgehammers, poles, mace. Some of those things come in contact with some of the other protesters who have subsequently been charged with possessing dangerous weapons. So let's say you're there, you're at the Capitol building, and you're in the crowd, and 
and you're caught up in the whole fury and some guy that you don't know with a red mask comes up to you and, hey, man, I want to take this. And you think he's a protester. So, yeah, okay, well, yeah, sure. And then later you get caught on video and three months later the FBI is coming to your door and throwing you in jail. And this is what they think happened. This is what's coming out. It's not coming out of the January 6th commissions. They're not going to tell you that. And then there's always about that man, Ray Epps, who was captured on video during the before the rally, repeatedly encouraging protesters to go into the Capitol. Ladies and gentlemen, this is like, this is one of those good examples of don't believe your eyes, believe what we tell you. Play, plain clothes embeds, members embeds, FBI embeds. Who knows? There could have been members of five, six different law enforcement agencies, many not even knowing the others were there. We see this sometimes in movies where, you know, two CIA officers will almost shoot each other because they thought they were the enemy. And so how can you possibly say that Trump or his supporters were the ones that caused the riots? when it was clear that there were FBI embeds within the protesters egging them on, and in some cases on video, shown happy uh, showing uh, certain kinds of equipment being handed to people and encouraging people to go into the Capitol building and then having the police in the Capitol building allowing you to come in without any kind of resistance. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a staged event to me. So if they really want to get to the bottom of this, if Liz Cheney and and uh, Pelosi want to really get to the bottom of this, and Adam and Schiff and all these people were really credible, and they had an ounce of decency, they wouldn't have turned January 6th into a, a political witch hunt, which is what they're doing now. And they're using the mainstream media to perpetrate this this message. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read these things... There's something that drops in my stomach. It, it's, I get angry when I find out the greatest country on the planet has one of the most deceptive governments, government officials in office. And one of these days, mind you, this is going to come back and this is going to haunt these people. I promise you. So go to the Epoch Times, epochtimes.com, and look up the article. It's entitled... Police report proves plainclothes electronic surveillance unit members were embedded among January 6th protesters. Coming up, we'll read Dr. Robert Malone's letter about children being vaccinated. Stay tuned. Dobby Show. I'm Dwayne Robinson, LAPD. I'm in charge here. Not anymore. Welcome back to the Robert Dobby Show. Jim Watkins filling in for the Renaissance Man. My website, I hope that you'll go to it, is the Jim Watkins Show. Dot online. Don't get hung up on the com. It's dot online. I know it, it'll even autofill for you, and then you won't get to the website. And you'll get frustrated, and you'll say, "Forget it." But don't do that. Just the Jim Watkins Show dot online. Uh, so, what the, local news is weird to me? Uh, I I I throw lots of shoes at TV screens because I, I follow the news like a hawk. And so this is a good example of how what happens on the network level trickles its way down to the local level 
and the propaganda machine continues. So, for example, in Florida, which is where I reside, our governor, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his health secretary have said that they don't think that we need to have this massive vaccination operation, that if parents want to go to their doctors or their health professionals and get a vaccine for their children, they have every right to do that. The mainstream media portrays that as the governor blocking vaccines for children, which means the implication is that he is harming children. So that is the way that the media portrays this situation. So I'll give you an example. When you watch ABC News with David Muir, he'll say millions of parents are grateful about the new vaccines that are rolling out on Tuesday. Millions of parents relieved. See, there's. So remember last week I was telling you that the CDC and the FDA were argu- arguing over semantics. They were trying to figure out, because they knew they were going to approve the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines for children. They knew they were going to approve it. That's not why they were getting together. What they were getting together for is the messaging. They wanted to figure out, well, how do we do the messaging? We don't want to say they should get the vaccine because by law, it's it's an emergency use vaccine. So we can't imply that it's necessary. That's according to the FDA's old, own rules. They, they didn't want to use the word could get vaccines because that would imply that maybe there's some hesitancy. And maybe that hesitancy will bleed over to the older age group. And then 18 to 25-year-olds won't want to get their vaccines. So this is what all these people that are sitting in white coats are trying to figure out. The messaging. So I, I, I figured out what their messaging was. Their messaging was... Parents will be happy to know. That was their message. Parents will be happy to know. And then they would backdrop that with pictures of little kids getting their arms rolled up. And you see the. So it's all about conditioning. It's a positive message with a picture that scared the hell out of me when I saw it because I know the truth. And the truth is, according to Dr. Robert Malone, who invented mRNA, Uh, Approximately 430 children with other severe illnesses have died with COVID in the last two and a half years, which would be an average of 172 per year. There have been 2,600 hospitalizations of children, most with underlying conditions, over that same 2.5-year period. These numbers show that even before Omicron, in the case of children, COVID is less severe than flu. By way of comparison, on average, influenza virus infection kills about 200 children a year. The H1N1 pandemic in 2009 and 2010 had 358 pediatric flu-related deaths. Just like with COVID, 78% of those deaths were with children with other comorbidities. Omicron in children is less than severe, much less than severe. Dr. Malone says, we know this. The scientific evidence is clear. Yet the FDA, when they talk about the need to vaccine your children, always refer to the Delta variant, which is gone. This is why we only have, uh, well, we have Omicron. And this is why we have, in, in the United States yesterday, only 30 deaths. Now, you got to remember, for the last two years, 
deaths on average were 200, 300, even as high as 1,000 for a long time. But that was mostly among adults. So Malone writes, Omicron is here. The vaccine is completely mismatched for the circulating variant. Further vaccinations with this mismatched product will continue to drive development of viral escape mutants that, may, that evade both monoclonal antibodies as well as vaccine-induced antibodies. What he's saying is this newest attempt by Pfizer and Moderna and the U.S. government to vaccinate children is going to, in itself, create mutants. Children are already immune. So this is going to get in and mix, and it's going to force the vaccine to try to figure out a, a way to evade. The adverse events and death rates are quite significant with these genetic vaccines, and there is some evidence of enhanced disease in the fully inoculated. Those are people who've had four or five doses, something that our government refuses to research. So let's listen. This is Dr. Fauci talking on Friday before the rollout of the 20 to 25 million vaccines that are going to go into the arms of children across America. Here we go. To indicate that that's oh, the let's case. Back that up here a Dr. Bit. Fauci, the government recommends uh, everybody take a booster over age five. Are you aware of any studies that show reduction in hospitalization or death for children who take a booster? Right now, there's not enough data that has been accumulated, Senator Paul, to indicate that that's the case. The, I believe that the recommendation that was made was based on the assumption that if you look at the morbidity and mortality of children within each of the age groups, you know, zero so, to five, five to 11. Right. So, so, let's, so there, there are no studies, and Americans should all know this, there are no studies on children showing a reduction in hospitalization or death with taking a booster. The only studies that were permitted, the only studies that were presented were antibody studies. So they say, if we give you a booster, you make antibodies. Now, a lot of scientists would question whether or not that's proof of efficacy of a vaccine. If I give you 10, or if I give a patient 10 mRNA vaccines and they make protein each time, or they make antibody each time, is that proof that we should give 10 boosters, Dr. Fauci? Uh, no, I think that is somewhat of an absurd exaggeration. Senator well, that is Paul. the proof that you use. Your committees use that. That's the only proof you have to tell children to take a booster is that they make antibodies. So it's not right. an there absurdity. Are. You're already no. at like five boosters for people. You've had, you know, two or three boosters. It's like, where is the proof? Now, I think there is yeah. probably some indication for older folks that have some risk factors. For younger folks, there's not. But here's the other yeah. thing. There are some risk factors for, for the vaccine. So the risk of myocarditis with a second dose for adolescent boys, 12 to 24, is about 80 in a million. This is both from the CDC and from the Israeli study. It's also in the VAERS study, remarkably similar for boys, much higher from boys than girls and much higher than the background. The background's about two per million. So there is risk and there are risks. And you're telling everybody in America just blindly go out there because we made antibodies. So it is not an absurd corollary to say if you have 10. In fact, you probably make antibodies if you get 100 boosters. So there you go. A little brief interchange between Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, uh, who's been fighting the good fight against the, the, the pharmaceuticals of this nation who are in lockstep with the Democratic Party, who are in the lockstep with 
the mainstream media. So Malone concludes in his article that he wrote, giving children booster after booster, injection after injection, week after week is not only a bad idea for control of the virus, it is also psychologically unhealthy for children. Just stop and think for a minute. A Pfizer vaccine is a three-dose regimen as an initial prime boost. There will be more because we know that three doses is only going to last for a limited time. And then he says, he concludes, it is time to stop. Parents must stop this. The time is now to just say no. And that comes from a man who invented the very vaccine that's being injected into the arms of children starting tomorrow everywhere. You know, the, the media ignores it, folks, but we don't. The Robert Davi Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Another $80 million write-off. I guess it's time to start turning overhead. So one of my challenges on Father's Day was my wife says, well, why don't we go to the movies? You love going to the movies. I said, okay, you know, that's a good idea. I haven't been to a movie since COVID. Might be kind of nice to sit in a dark room and breathe other people's air for two hours. Okay, I can do that. So uh, my challenge here uh, was that I couldn't find anything I wanted to see. The only movie I wanted to see was Top Gun. But I, I knew my wife, that's not a chick flick. That You know, we, we guys, when we get older, we understand the, the rules of the game. When your wife invites you to go to see a movie you want to see, you don't take her to a non-chick flick. You just That just sets the rest of the day up. I mean, what, are you going to sit there and enjoy the movie? But anyway, the point is that a lot of movies that were out, one of them I wanted to go see, but I realized that I had no interest in seeing, and that was Lightyear, because I loved Toy Story. I thought Tom Hanks was great. I thought Tim Allen was, the original story was was hilarious. It was a real groundbreaker for that kind of uh, animation. Well, so they came out with a, a sequel, Toy Story 2, 3, and 4, and they all became blockbusters. But then Disney gets a hold of it, and they woke it up, and they have a kissing scene between two boys, I think. And and Hollywood wants to know why Lightyear it died at the box office. And it died at the box office for that reason, because these people in Hollywood, they don't seem to understand. They don't... They don't... Americans, Americans don't want to be lectured. We... It, 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 this whole Pride Month has gotten out of control, man. Everything has got rainbows on it. Really? I mean, it's just... It just gets old after a while. It's like everything is virtue touched. It's like, uh, you know, who was that one Greek god? Everything they touched turned to gold. Or everything they looked at turned to stone. I, I just feel like there's some magical... You know, like uh, Tinkerbell walking around, just touching everything and turning everything into rainbows. And, and I have no no problem with homosexuality. I mean, I think adults can do what they want. I don't care. Just don't, I don't want to hear about it. Just like I'm sure you don't want to hear about my love life or what I like to do. But anyway, it's uh, no 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 surprise that Lightyear didn't do anything because again, it's a, it's a lesson that Hollywood refuses to learn. We go to the m- movies to escape reality not to be lectured about it uh and anyway tom cruise i'll save that for a day when you know maybe wife's with friends or with granddaughter i'll go see it with a big old tub of popcorn and say yeah tom yeah so over the weekend got to tell you about this on the robert davis show we should change this to everything the mainstream media won't tell you 
So the Texas GOP passed a resolution. This is big, largest state in the contiguous 48, that they have declared the Biden election not legitimately elected. That's huge. According to the Epoch Times, the Texas Republicans passed a resolution on June 18th stating that President... I didn't see this on any of the major news outlets, none of them, stating that President Joe Biden was, quote, not legitimately elected and that substantial election fraud in key metropolitan areas influenced the results of the 2020 presidential election in favor of Biden. This is coming from the uh, Sunday edition of the Epoch Times. Quote, we believe the 2020 election violated Article 1 and 2 of the U.S. Constitution, that various secretaries of state illegally circumvented their state legislatures in conducting their elections in multiple ways, including by allowing ballots to be received after November 3rd, stated a resolution passed on Saturday, the last day of a three-day biennial Texas GOP convention held in Houston, according to the Texas Tribune. Now, you may think, oh, you know, a bunch of long hats all got together with their boots, had a barbecue, and decided maybe there was 20, 30 of these guys all sitting around spitting chew. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. The uh, the event involved several hundred legislatures from all over the state. It's the state's GOP. Let's uh, the details on this. Get to the bottom here. The GOP passed the resolution on Saturday afternoon during a voting session at the party's platform and legislative priorities. The uh, communications director of the Republican Party of Texas, James Wasolik, told the Epoch Times that 5,500 delegates attended the convention, which offers Republicans an opportunity to set priorities for the next legislative session in 2023 and elect party leaders. Quote, remember, the Republican Party of Texas is a grassroots party. That, according to Matt Renald, chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, he told attendees of the, con- of the convention, including the Houston Public Media, which reported, this is not my party, the governor's party, the senators, or the congressman. This is your party. This is the party of the Republicans of Texas. So that's interesting. So just to recap, in case you forgot, U.S. National Archives show that Joe Biden received 306 electoral votes in the 2020 election. And Donald Trump received 232 electoral votes. Trump and conservative figures across the country have alleged since that time that substantial fraud influenced the 2020 election results. Democrats and mainstream media have vociferously denied such allegations, claiming them to be unfounded. So we went from memos being issued to talk show hosts across the country. I think Mancow and I talked about this a little bit on Friday's show. This is starting to gain momentum, and just in time, I would say. So in large part, we have the digital proof, as we saw in the movie 2000 Mules with Dinesh D'Souza. Digital, verifiable, digital proof that shows that we're, uh, what, a couple of thousand, 2,000 mules around the country in key states, Atlanta and Georgia, North Carolina, Wisconsin, I think uh, Minneapolis, Arizona, Las Vegas, surely California, although they probably didn't need it, Washington State, places that normally would go to Republicans didn't. Or So 
these are states that uh, that tr Trump won in tw in 2016. So, and we have the digital footprint and the geotagging, all of it there, and we have it in the form of a movie that has people bragging about the fact that they threw the election. So this has had a huge, tremendous effect, and it's only going to get bigger. Now, I think in last week they arrested someone in, uh, Friday for doing this, for switching ballots. It's going to continue to grow and grow. So maybe Trump won't have to run for re-election. He'll just <laughs> he'll win by default <laughs> from for the last election. Can they do that? If they if they overturn the election from 2020, uh, can Trump? Does he get to be the president until 2024? Is that how that works? We're in uncharted territory, obviously. Uh, so where this goes, who knows? But I know that it's vindication for a lot of people. You know, when your gut tells you something's wrong, when your gut tells you that something's amiss, that something just isn't right, usually that's a sign that your gut is telling you the right thing, that your instincts are right. And the, the problem with our, our culture is that we're told not to listen to our instincts. We're told not to listen to that inner voice that tells us, when we've been shammed. Uh, and speaking about being shammed, just one final note here. There's a there's a well-known actress in Hollywood. Perhaps you've heard of her. Her name is Eva Longoria. She was in that show. Very beautiful actress. She was in that, what was it? Is that comedy, sort of comedy show a few years ago. Anyway, she's been around for a while. She is creating a race-based crew database. And this is how it's going to work. If you're a producer in Hollywood, you have to consult a race-based crew database to make sure that you're hiring just the right amount of every race. So you have Asian, African-American, Anglo, Latino, and what, gay, right? So now whenever they make any movie in Hollywood, they're, they're going to make it based on a race-based staff. Now, I grew up for, oh, I don't know, most of my life being told that you are not to base your decisions on the color of someone's skin. And now that is completely flipped around. The people that were telling me before that that was wrong, that you should look beyond skin, that you should look underneath the skin, that it's character. Martin Luther King said it very clearly. You know, you judge by the content of a person's character, their, re their resume, their bona fides their achievements, their merits. But now that's all gone. It's all gone. It's all been destroyed by the left. They, they say that doesn't work. Martin Luther King was wrong. And we're here to tell you that in the future, if you want to do something in this country, if you want to make a movie, if you want to hire staff, you need to make sure that there's the right balance of every kind of skin color. Otherwise, we're going to shut you down. Does that seem fair to you? Does that seem right to you? It's hard to believe. You know, the same people that were telling me, I need some music. Can you crank the music a little bit there, Suede? I need some something to pick me up. The same people that were telling me, go plastic at the supermarkets. Remember, for years and years and years, go plastic. Cut down on the trees. We're saving trees, ladies and gentlemen. Go plastic. Then we find out that the plastic is filling the landfills, and they don't. it takes 20 years for them to deteriorate. So now we're killing 
the landfills with plastic. Go back to the paper. Go back to the paper. That's kind of feel like where we're at now with our race-based discrimination culture. So, until next time, I wonder what they're going to say 10 years from now. Where will they go? Until next time, thanks for joining me on the Robert Davi Show. We'll end it out with some music. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.